Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to Inside Arsenal. It is Saturday. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you're having a very good start to your weekend. And what a weekend it is. Massive in terms of the Premier League, massive in terms of Arsenal, massive in terms of Liverpool. That crucial, crucial game in the title race tomorrow at the Emirates. I shall be there. Can't wait for it. Sort of looking forward to it, dreading it. All at the same time, classic Premier League top of the table action. Uh, so, of course, Mikel Arteta had his press conference yesterday at London Colney, which I was at. So I did the video afterwards. If you want to go and have a look at some of the big talking points he has given from that press conference. Uh, we'll go over a few things in today's show, of course, as well. Look at the very latest team news ahead of the game. Discuss who well, who could well be starting from an Arsenal point of view. Don't think we'll be too surprised by the starting lineup tomorrow. Fingers crossed, as long as no one's picked, any injury, picked up any injuries that we don't know about. Got some questions and comments from you guys. As well, of course. Okay, let's get started, shall we? And we'll talk about the latest team news from Liverpool, first of all, before we move on to Arsenal. Um, Alexis McAllister seems like he is going to be okay. Darwin Nunes is a doubt because of what Jurgen Klopp said yesterday in his press conference. Um, I think he'll start. I said it in yesterday's show. I'm sure probably you guys have seen what I did yesterday when Liverpool put out that social media clip. Um and he seemed fine. He was walking up the stairs at their training ground and looked absolutely fine. He was walking fine. The fact that Jurgen Klopp just kind of said it out of nowhere, decided to disclose that he picked up this injury in the game against Chelsea, just felt a little bit, little bit like mind games. Um, so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him starting. I know a lot of people sort of debate the quality of Darwin Nunes, but as I've said in recent videos in the build-up to this game, I think he's a fantastic striker and... Um, yes, he misses some chances, but he gets in the positions to have those chances. And he's not far off with his finishing as well. And, um, you know, I can't, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Darwin Nunes, you know, next season, you know, score 30 odd goals in the Premier League because he has that amount of chances. And if he can just put his finishes the right side of the post rather than the wrong side of the post, then, um, yeah, he's going to, he's going to be a top, top striker. And Arsenal going to have to deal with him tomorrow, I would say. Um, elsewhere for Liverpool, of course, there's no Mo Salah, the big news from a Liverpool point of view, no Salah. Um, because of his injury that he picked up while he was away with Egypt. Simakas isn't around. Endo not around because, like uh, Takiro Tomiyasu, he's on international duty at the Asian Cup. Uh, McAllister expected to be fit. He went off against Chelsea, had a sort of knee problem, but he is expected to be fit. So I imagine McAllister is going to line up in that midfield for Liverpool tomorrow. From an Arsenal point of view, of course, no Thomas Partey. The big news from Mikel's press conference, I spoke about that. In the video I did after the press conference, real blow, Mikel Arteta confirming that Arteta has a, a party has suffered a setback. I'm a little reluctant. From what I've heard is that it's not too serious. Certainly from the player's point of view, he's hoping that it is going to be um, a short space of time. This isn't another significant setback, but I'm always a little bit wary. It's certainly the messages I'm getting from party side of things is that it's not too bad and that they're hoping that he's going to be back soon but with party you just never know it can just the amount of times it's been told it's nothing serious it's nothing serious but then it turns into something serious and so we've just got to tread carefully on it but it is a real shame obviously it's a huge blow he would 100 be starting for arsenal if he was uh if he was available it's the sort of game you want thomas party involved in you want him in that midfield alongside declan rice is that midfield we haven't seen all season and for a game like this against liverpool absolutely wants to see it. Mohamed Onani is back available. He trained yesterday. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the picture of him. That was from yesterday's training session. Of course, he's been away with Egypt at the Africa Cup of Nations, but he's now back 
after Egypt were knocked out. Um, I cannot imagine he's going to come into the midfield. He'll probably be in the squad. He might well be on the bench, but I don't see him uh, be involved in the starting eleven. But he is available. Gabriel Jesus looks like is available. Um, of course, played against Nottingham Forest. He's been suffering with this knee problem that's been an ongoing issue. It was a doubt ahead of the Nottingham Forest game. Played, played well, scored, scored obviously, got the assist. Um, and Mikel says that he should be fine for tomorrow's game, which is good news. Um, of course, no Tommy Asu, Japan are in action today. Of course, we wait to see. And by the time you're watching or listening to this, you might well know the result of their game against Iran in the quarterfinals of the um, Asian Cup. But he's not going to be coming back. Even if they get knocked out, he's not going to be back in time to play. So no no uh, Tommy Asu, no um, Fabio Vieira, of course, as he continues to work his way back to fitness. So that's the very latest team news ahead of tomorrow's game. In terms of what Mikel Arteta has had to say, he knows how important this is. Jurgen Klopp was talking about it in his press conference yesterday. Just for the managers, there's no getting away from it. This is an absolutely huge game. Liverpool go into it in better shape than Arsenal. No doubt about that. They've got a five-point lead over Arsenal at the top of the table. Victory for Liverpool. And it's a long way back for Arsenal. You know, it's maybe it's a bit early to say definitively that's it, title over. But it would feel that way, it has to be said. Not just because they're eight points behind Liverpool, but because... They would potentially then be six points behind Manchester City, uh, with City having a game in hand, I believe, as well, and having to go to the Etihad. It just feels like that would be too much to make up on um, two very, very good teams. Uh, Excellent teams, in fact. So for Arsenal, it is absolutely huge. This is a game they certainly must not lose, but ideally they absolutely could do with getting that three points and closing the gap on Liverpool to two. Mikel says what we need to do is play the way we played in the last two games against them and be more efficient in the areas that are going to decide the game. I'm very excited. It's always great to prepare a game against Liverpool, how good they are. They dominate every aspect of the game. We play at home and what I sense is a real sense of positivity and enthusiasm around the place. This season, we have beaten big teams already and it's another opportunity to beat Liverpool now and be in a much better place. We talk about momentum. We've won the last two games. We want to win the third one, especially at home with our people. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere and we're going to need that. So I encourage everybody to do that, to play every single ball with us. And if we do that, we're going to have a big chance to win the game. Yeah, the Emirates crowd certainly is going to play a big, big part. There's been lots of talk about the atmosphere at the Emirates, certainly in recent games, in some of the games against what you'd call the smaller teams. Tomorrow, it absolutely needs to be a hostile atmosphere, and I'm sure it will be at the Emirates. And Mikel's right. Look, the way Arsenal played against Liverpool so far in the two games, first in the league at Anfield, they were very, very good. That was a really good point away from home at Anfield. They stifled Liverpool, and that was a Liverpool side with Mo Salah in it. They barely gave him a chance, apart from that one breakaway in the second half, which ended up with Trent hitting the bar. The game in the FA Cup, Arsenal were without doubt the better team. They should have won that game. There's no doubt in that. They just missed chance after chance, and you can't do that. So Mikel says you've got to be more efficient in the areas that are going to that are going to decide the game. It's not rocket science. You've got to take your chances in a game of this magnitude against a team as good as Liverpool. You have to take your chances when you create them because if you don't, you're going to get punished. We saw that in the FA Cup game, and we will see that again tomorrow if. Arsenal failed to take the opportunities that they get. You would hope that they're going to be a little bit, they're going to have quite a bit of confidence going into it. Gabriel Jesus on the back of a goal and assist against Nottingham Forest. Bukaya Saka on the back of the winner against Nottingham Forest. Gabriel Martinelli's got a couple last time in the Premier League at home in that game against Crystal Palace. Leandro Trossard, if he starts, has scored recently as well. So you'd hope the forwards, the key players who are going to 
you know, being in around it when the chances arrive in the penalty area, you would hope that their confidence levels are going to be really, really boosted going into the game. And we're not going to see a repeat of what we saw in the FA Cup. I'm sure it's going to be a different match. How the two teams set up is going to be really, really interesting. In terms of Arsenal, I'd be very surprised if the team isn't what most of us are expecting. So when I say that, it's obviously David Raya, um, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Jorginho, Odegaard, Rice, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. I can't imagine it's going to be too far away from that. Maybe there'll be one name. Maybe Smith Rowe will continue to keep his place in the team after his performance against Nottingham Forest and he won't go with Jorginho. I think he probably will go with Jorginho, but you know, that could be a change he makes. Maybe Trossard will start ahead of Martinelli. But Ivan, uh, aside from that, I can't see there being too much of a difference in terms of um, Arsenal's lineup. It's going to be very interesting to see what Liverpool do in terms of who starts on the right-hand side. Is Conor Bradley going to keep his place? Is Trent Alexander going to come in? Uh, Alexander-Arnold going to come in. Are both of them going to play? Will he play Bradley as a right as a right fullback? And uh, Trent sort of moved into that midfield role that he's played for Liverpool and for England so far this season. So there's lots to decide. Going to be very, very interesting in terms of the team. And I cannot wait for this match. This is the sort of match you wait all season for, isn't it? Top of the table. So much on it. It's going to be really, really intense. Atmosphere is going to be cracking. Cannot wait for it. Please do let me know what you're expecting from it in the comments below. I'll try and do a, sh a show tomorrow morning, just looking at, you know, giving you know, a definitive predicted 11, all that sort of stuff. And if you want to be involved in that show, do let me know by leaving a comment below. Some of you guys have been getting in touch and in sort of response to what we spoke about yesterday in response to what Mikel Arteta spoke about yesterday. Uh, Lenky here and Jack have been getting in touch in terms of the academy stuff and what I was talking about, and what Mikel was talking about, where he basically said yesterday's press conference that he didn't think there were players at the level right now who are really pushing for a spot in the first team at Arsenal have come through from the academy, which I kind of agree with. I think Raul Walters maybe is one who certainly could have had opportunities this season. And I do feel like Mikel Arteta has missed, the, missed opportunities, especially the PSV game. But even then, I don't see anyone's banging the door down at Arsenal right now um, in terms of quality, in terms of what I've seen. But Malenki sort of disagrees. Says, Charles, don't back Arteta when he's wrong. It's scandalous to say we do not have enough young, young talents in our ranks. He simply needs, simply needs to do better. Overnight, Conor Bradley has become a name I hear repeatedly. That's what happened when you give people a chance. Look, Conor Bradley's a lot older um, than certainly the players like Wanieri. And I know there's, you know, people saying Wanieri should get a chance. Uh, Lewis Skelly, because you do get a chance. These kids are very, very young. Conor Bradley's already like into double figures in terms of international appearances. Ed Frosk and Bob at Manchester City. You know, I don't really see Arsenal have any players of that current age group, that sort of, apart from Raul Walters, of course, um, who are there absolutely banging down the door. Uh, Jack says it's embarrassing for a club like Arsenal to have such a bad academy if what Arteta says is true. It's not embarrassing. It goes in. I mean, you can't every single season produce players. Arsenal's first team right now is built around players with the academy. What other team competing for the top honours has got basically academy prospects through, you know, pushing the front line um, in terms of Bukaya Saka, Eddie Nketiah, Emil Smith-Rowe? Now, these are all academy players in the first team for a club like Arsenal competing for the Premier League and competing for the Champions League. That doesn't happen very often. You get one or two every sort of... I mean, how many players has Man City brought through from the academy under Pep? I mean, who is there? Foden, of course. Then who else? Cole Palmer, who they sold. Yes, there's Oscar Bob at the moment. But I mean, I can't, Rico Lewis. So they've got a couple in about, you know, I don't know, five or six years who have... Um, who have Liverpool brought through aside from Trent recently? I mean, obviously, it's Conor Bradley right now. But then you've got sort of 
a couple of squad players in Curtis Jones and um, the other guy whose name completely escapes me right now. You know, it's very, very difficult, I think. And so I think for Arsenal, it's certainly not embarrassing for a club to have such a bad academy. They've, they've got players in their first team right now, academy players who are key to that first team. They have produced players like Awobi, um, Balogun, Willock, who they've sold for multi-million pounds from the academy. So the academy, it's, it's just in a bad spot right now for the last couple of years hopefully the next batch is going to start coming through the 16 and 17 year olds who there is a lot of excitement about so I don't think it's embarrassing at all Jack to be honest I mean Hayland has been fantastic for Arsenal and it continues to be fantastic for Arsenal but right now the current age group who are signed is sort of pushing to get through I don't think there's anyone and I include Raul Walters in that who I do think should have played more minutes is absolutely top quality who's going to come in and change Arsenal. I just don't see it right now. As much as I would like to see some of them get an opportunity and, um, you know, Linus Sosa, again, I would have liked to have seen get an opportunity. But I don't think, you know, he's not he's not gone to Aston Villa to walk into their first team. He's gone to Aston Villa and been sent straight out on loan to Plymouth. So, you know, it's not like Aston Villa see him as being ready for the first team right now because they've sent him straight out on loan. Um, but cheers for getting in touch. Appreciate it, as always. Um Mr. James Gunner says, what a fumble not selling party in January. I just want to, I, just, I don't really get that comment. I have to say, how on earth are they going to sell Thomas Party in January? The guy's injured. He's been injured all season. He's not fit. So who's going to sign him in January? It's, it's just, I don't see how that can possibly be a fumble by Arsenal. You know, Arsenal would have sold or were happy to sell Thomas Party in the summer, but no big bids arrived from him. So they couldn't sell him. So they kept him. Um, I'm not, they weren't pushing him out the door last summer, but they were certainly open to allowing him to go if a decent bid came in but it didn't happen. And I'm sure they will absolutely be open to selling him at the end of this season as well, if a decent bid comes in. So it's not a fumble at all selling him in January. It was literally impossible <laughs> to send him in January. No bids arrived and he was injured. So it's no surprise that no bids arrived. Um, so I don't see how that can possibly be a fumble. Um, Wayne here says, problem is that Arteta and Arsenal will not be able to retain these players in the future if they don't see a pathway forward. And if they are not good enough, why doesn't the club start addressing their talent ID? If we have a couple of players coming through the ranks, it is cheaper than having to buy an open market. See, again, I see what you're saying and I get the frustration over, the, over this whole youth stuff, but there is a part, I mean, the, the youth players at the moment just have to look at the first team and see Saka, see Smith-Rowe, see Nketiah, that they are there. It can, if you're good enough, you can force your way through. Arteta just clearly thinks right now that the players who are below aren't good enough. And he basically admitted that tomorrow. And if he doesn't think it's good enough, I'm not sure you can start giving them enough minutes to show that there's a pathway because that's going to lessen Arsenal chances of winning games if he doesn't think they are good enough. And ultimately, he is the manager. We can all sit here and say, I wish we saw so-and-so youth player play, this youth player play. We all want to see it happen. Of course we do. We love it. It's what football's about. It's seeing academy players come through and get into the first team. But it happens very, very rarely, especially at a top club like Arsenal. Um, and so, yeah, I did... I, it's a tough one because I can see both sides of the argument. I absolutely can. I try and give my thoughts on both of it. And so I know some people said, oh, you're defending Arteta. I'm not defending Arteta. I did a big show after the PSV game saying it was a wasted opportunity. And it was. And I felt he has missed some opportunities to put players, to give some players some minutes. But I don't, I still don't see those players who he could have given minutes would have forced their way into the first team by now. I'm just not sure that they're, that they're currently good enough. But that's my thoughts on it. Uh, here's one from Carlo. He says, hi, Charles. Very sad the party is injured again. Hopefully it isn't too long. My team for Sunday will be Raya, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Jorginho, Rice, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus. Also, you and James forgot Jose Antonio Reyes in your top five best January signings. Signed in 2004, halfway through the invincible season, made a huge impact. Remember those two goals against Chelsea in the FA Cup? Yeah, I, I 
realised that I'd forgotten to mention Jose before we actually started recording the show. Myself and James were talking about our January signings, and uh, we were both talking about Jose, and somehow both of us forgot to mention him when we were actually recording it. Um, but of course, one hundred percent. I mean, key player in the Invincibles. Um, scored the two goals against Chelsea, which was just a magical moment. Um, gave us plenty of magical moments. Scored some crucial goals at the end to protect the Invincibles run. The winner at Fulham, the equaliser at Portsmouth, and yeah, just fabulous player, Jose Antonio Reyes. And he he absolutely should be in, it should have been mentioned. And it just somehow both escaped us while we were talking the perils of recording live. But thank you very much for getting in touch, Carlo. And yes, I have to say that team that you've listed there for Sunday is the team that I would go for as well. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it, as always, whether you're watching or listening to this. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully in the morning, to do a little bit of a preview show again ahead of the game against Liverpool. If you want to get involved in that, let me know in the comments below anything you want me to discuss. As always, until then, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. 